Welcome to OsteoCast, where we talk all things osteopathy, functional anatomy, and movement. With your hosts, myself, Colby Brokel, Amanda Boysen, and Sarah Pucal. Welcome back to OsteoCast. Another episode today with uh, our hosts, our hosts, ourselves, myself, Colby, Sarah, and Amanda. Hello. Hi. Today we are going to have a conversation about developing the osteopathic community uh, as far as in-house practice practice goes in your clinic as well as, as a community as a whole and as a profession as a whole. Uh, just some of our thoughts and kind of processes on what could make things better, what could improve uh, the community itself and communication between practitioners and others. Another thing to mention before we get started is if you guys have any questions, uh, send them in to us at osteocast underscore on Instagram or on Facebook at osteocast. Just give us a shout, ask any questions you want that you may want us to answer privately or uh, record a podcast for and share those questions and our discussions with everybody else. So um, without further ado, we'll kind of have or jump into this conversation. So the, the first part, I guess, we'll talk about is the community as a whole or the profession as a whole in terms of development. I know uh, for us anyways, locally in my town and in some of the other towns, uh, osteopaths are, it's not a community that uh, osteopaths gather at some point in time regularly and have some discussion or share their thought processes and their practices and application. As you guys know, and we've talked about before with the osteopathic profession, we're always learning as Dr. Still would say, it's not a DO, it's dig on is what DO stands for. So we're always learning, we're always practicing, we're always applying new modalities and new principles and different leverages and things like that. And working through different applications, learning individually on our own, but then getting together in a community format and sharing that or comparing so that we can all share each other's brain power and hopefully learn more and progress ourselves as our, and our profession at a faster rate. So I know for us, it's something that's not hugely prevalent here. I know it's something that I'm working on and going to work on in the area as the world with this COVID stuff starts to slow down a little bit, get some more gatherings and start to have those discussions. But I guess the question or, or the discussion with you guys is, where do you guys think it would be a good way to go? Do you guys have those same difficulties in your areas and why do you think that happens? I definitely think that's pretty common within the profession. There's not, um, there is other osteos in my area. Um, but like you said, that's not getting together and sharing those thoughts is not a huge part of, um, our communication with each other. Initially I was the only one working in my clinic until a few months ago. So, um, it did feel fairly isolating in terms of like working by yourself all the time. So I think that's also why we really started this podcast is because we were craving that and we were all, you know, um, colleagues and wanted to learn more and, and wanted to have more discussions uh, about osteopathy. So um, this is definitely Absolutely. helpful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's now that I have another practitioner with me in the clinic, it's definitely helpful to have those conversations. So we always take lunch together. We make sure that we're talking about patients and we have, you know, different topics that we're we're discussing as a whole. Um, but like you said, Colby, I definitely want to, to bring more of that to the area and have that be more of a focus within my own personal and professional practice. Yeah. Do you guys think that, uh, 
this is something that's just in our profession or do you think in general professions or particularly the manual therapy field has this uh, common thing where people are like, they feel like they're competing with each other and that's why they don't get together and do it? Or do you think it's just because we all want to live in our own little spaces and take care of our people? I think there is a competition aspect for sure. Like if you, if someone goes to clinic A and for whatever reason, they decide to switch over to clinic B, there's always going to be that competitive factor of why did that person switch or why aren't they coming to this clinic anymore? Um, So I feel like that could be a big part of it, but I think it's also changing our mindset to, you know, why don't we just be the best practitioner we can be for our patients and recognize if we're not and help them find somebody who is or even work with somebody else to figure out those missing pieces. I think everybody too has a common goal of helping the patient. We want to help help the patient get better. So if that happens for the patient, then we've all reached the goal. So that should be the focus, really. Yeah, like for us putting forth the effort and and being part of the profession, the main goal or purpose of the profession is to help people, right? Mm -hmm. So that should be the underlying goal is that that patient that comes in with whatever dysfunction or issue it is, is getting better, whether they're seeing myself, seeing another practitioner, seeing a different profession altogether, all of those things. But the goal is that that person is getting better and helping them do that's the most important thing. And I think that sometimes that gets lost on the leeway or onto the side of things where we're looking at Um, developing a business or making money or keeping a bank account at a certain level or something like that, where the, the underlying reason of why we do what we do sometimes gets faded or lost. Um, But one thing I want to mention about that, and I know you guys agree with me here is that regardless of how much focus you have on the business side of things, if you focus on taking care of your patients, you focus on becoming a better practitioner and you focus on helping everyone to the best of your abilities, your business is going to grow, whether it grows in a week or it takes six months, it's going to grow because number one, you're helping people and two, you're sincere and people want sincerity as well as results. And if you can provide those two things, regardless of the other stuff that you do, you're going to develop your own personal clinic and community that way. Yep. Well said. Yeah, completely agree. Mm-hmm. And I do think it's important to take time with, you know, if the, that's with practitioners that are in your own clinic space or um, practitioners that are outside of your clinic space to continue learning. And we've always talked about this um, in terms of what we do in our own leisure time, in terms of reading books or having conversations or trying new things. Um, but that's a huge, huge part of keeping yourself current, relevant. Um, and able to help those patients that aren't in the status quo, like in terms of like, you know, if it's, if it's a harder patient or a harder case there, what you've tried, you know, four or five other times for other people with similar things, isn't going to help that patient. So you really do have to be continually developing your skills. And so I think too, with all the other things that go on in life, um, sometimes that, gets put by the wayside in terms of working on your business. And uh, sorry, instead of working on your business, you need to be working in your business. So how are you making sure that you're developing those things so that you do stay relevant and, you know, things are up to date and your skill set is, is changing and it's evolving and it's becoming, you know, better in whatever, whatever way that means. 
for sure. And another thing to add to that is like, don't be scared, man. Like there's, there's nothing wrong with, with sharing ideas and thoughts. No one's like rather people judge, choose to judge you or not for your thoughts or ideas, like share them. Don't be scared to get out there, put yourself out there. Cause that's the first step to developing that kind of a, an open communication process and an open bait, like an open, uh, what am I looking for? like an open discussion forum with other practitioners. Cause if you're not willing to put what you're truly doing out there and you're trying to uh, sugarcoat it or, or make it sound like you think it's supposed to sound, then that's not going to help that, that process. So the biggest thing for me anyways, is don't be shy that way. Everyone's there to learn if, if the proper people are in the group that you're looking for or that you're looking to help develop each other, then you're going to get to develop and, the proper people are going to come over time in that group. Some people will stay, some people will go, but just don't be shy to put yourself out there and put the things that you've tried or the things that you've learned out there to help others. Don't, uh, don't be either one shy to put it out there or selfish thinking you've got, you know, the next best thing that's going to help all these patients and you don't want anyone else to have it. At the end of the day, it's all about the patients getting better. And if you can, you can share that information with some other practitioners, then that's awesome. I think you've mentioned this before in another podcast, Coley, but just about imp- increasing the awareness of the profession, increasing Absolutely, everyone's yeah. knowledge of osteopathy in general. And this is how we're going to allow that to happen. It's by developing our community and spreading word of mouth in that way. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's a major part of it. And I think too, when we don't have that community of people, it makes it really hard on individual practitioners. So the majority of people run their own clinic space. If they go on holidays, no one gets treated. If people have emergencies or, you know, they need to be seen. If you don't have another community of people where you can say, you know what, I'm actually away or I'm taking a break for me anyways, I feel a little bit of guilt in that being like, oh, this person needed help and I couldn't help them. So developing that community allows just one for better continuous care for clients and two from a practitioner standpoint as personally it's not as hard to to say you know what I need a day off and and here's your option to go and see this person if you know if someone does have that come up um because that that's another hard part of being a an individual practitioner yeah well I think you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not developing that community whether it's for just like you said Mandy the the clients or the patients getting treatment while you're off or away, but also for yourself and your own development. If you're not pushing that envelope or if you're not having those conversations, you're limiting your own development and therefore limiting your practice, right? For sure. And I know we all graduated school and said this, like, like you graduate and like, that's really just like the beginning. Like you have all the base knowledge of, you know, of the principles, but you get better as a pr- practitioner and you develop over time and over treatments and practice and, and doing. So there's always room for that. There's never going to be a point where you know everything. So if you have that learning mindset, if you're curious about all the things you're seeing in the clinic and then you start to have those conversations or, or speak with colleagues about it, it, it really puts you down that learning path a lot quicker. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be like a formal, like, here's my slideshow presentation. Yeah, no. A couple of people in like, you know, a text message group is all it has to be and be like, hey man, I had this patient 
who's having trouble or I'm having trouble helping this patient that has this, 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 and this, and I've done this and this. And you'll have a couple people's feedback on that. And some will say, no, you're right on the right track. Some will say, hey, try this. Some will say, oh, what about this? Did you look at this? And then you can go back to the patient and look at those couple things and be like, oh, now we know what's going on. Or now I know how to change this just because you have some extra, some extra brains to help you out. Like how many times has that happened in one of our group chats? Hey, I'm having trouble with this. All the time. Okay. Look at this. Okay. Perfect. We'll see when I see that patient next, you know? Yeah, so helpful. All the time. Yeah, it's so easy as a solo practitioner or when you're in the office for long days back to back to kind of lose that brain power and not be able to see the full picture. So it's nice to have other colleagues and friends kind of bring you back down to earth and just help you see that bigger picture, just other parts of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. You also have to, I don't want to say schedule time, but like there needs to be time within your day to be able to think about those things, right? Like if you're booked solid for the whole day and that patient was there, you either need to make some notes about what you saw so that you can go back to that and look at it later. Um, Or, you know, maybe it's at your lunch or maybe it's at the end of your day before you leave the office. You know, you spend 15 or 20 minutes just thinking those things through. Because if you don't take the time to do that, it's so hard to, and can be overwhelming quickly. Oh yeah, no, for sure. I think that's so important. Just some time to reflect, right? Yeah. And it is hard to not be working if you think that's the time you could be seeing a client. Like it's very hard to block that time off for thinking or reading or community time when in your mind, you know, you could be booking a client in at that time and helping somebody. Um, so it's definitely kind of a good reminder there, Amanda, to just prioritize your education, at least on a weekly basis to some degree. Yeah, should be should be built into the the plan, whether it's daily or weekly or whatever that may be for sure. Yeah. And speaking on education component, if you guys go out there, or you have these groups put together already. One thing that's really cool with the education side of things, if you have a good group of people is that you can group up and do the same courses together. So you can all get your own understandings and then share the differences between it. And the other thing you can do is everyone can go do a different course or read a different book or whatever that form of education is, and then bring what they learned to the table so that everybody can discuss some of the main points and key points and everyone gets the value out of it. Obviously, if you're learning a new modality or something like that, you're going to want to make sure that you dive right into it. But if you're doing some different forms of education, that is something that if you're in a group of good people, you can each do something a little bit different, bring it all to the table and kind of have that discussion so it can all come together into to one thought process for each individual and then share their own certain applications and practices with it, right? So it just allows you to open your mind to, to a whole bunch of education that you might not have the time or money or effort to do as one single person. Exactly. I know that's something right now that uh, the three of us are doing. I know we've both done or we've all done a little bit different courses on um, osteopathy in the cranial field. And we're currently sharing some of the thoughts and processes as we go through it and how, how we do things or how some of the things that are taught are so that we can all progress together. I think it too, when you, when you find that community of people, I know we already mentioned this, but it is so key to just find the people that you really meld with and you can speak openly with and you don't feel like, 
judged or you can ask those questions because we can have some really honest conversations and we're all at different places in our education and our learning, but there's never any, like you said, there's never any judgment. It's just, Hey, have you thought about this? Or what about this? Or here's what I'm thinking or where this has happened. Have you guys found the same thing? And there's, that's a a big part of building that community is the right people. For sure. Yeah. There's no, uh, no judgment. It's not like, Oh, you're wrong. That's not right. (laughs) I mean, if you're flat out wrong, then it's a good thing to tell each other that you're wrong and not take that as a as a insult, but to take it as constructive criticism. But yeah. most of the time you're not wrong. Most of the time it's just a difference in, in experience or patient application and sharing those experiences helps everyone grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone has something to bring to the table. So what I would ask everyone listening to do, if you don't already have some friends that you do this with or some colleagues – reach out to some local people or some people that you know, whether it's from schooling or from courses and don't be shy to share your information and cards when you're going out to courses and things like that and uh, try and develop a little bit of a group and you'll find some people that you can have certain conversations with and others that you can't, but don't be shy to try and create that network because it's going to be very helpful for you in the long run, both on the education standpoint, as well as the business development. And then most importantly, just in terms of having some friends that are looking in, at things and thinking the same way as you are, just so that you can have those conversations and develop together. Yeah. And outside of osteopathy, if you're a new practitioner, don't be afraid to ask the business side of questions or the business side of things or you know how you're feeling about treating patients because I think everybody has their own experience regarding that as well. Oh, yeah. um, and it's often not talked about enough And so don't be afraid to ask those questions. If you're with the right group of people, like we're going to have no trouble answering those questions for you because it's just how we do things. Yeah. Don't be shy there. We don't get, uh, everyone's learning that based on experience. So always ask away on that stuff, whether it's about software or about how you charge patients or how you have a conversation about whatever it may be a late show or a late, uh, cancellation or a no show appointment, whatever it is. But absolutely the network is a when you have that network built it's there for all things right yeah yeah definitely awesome do you guys have anything else to add in regards to developing the community i think it just starts small right you do, you don't have to know everything or ask all the questions all at one time it's just as things come up so like like you said it doesn't have to be you know, a weekend event or an hour of your time, or like, if you have a question, just ask it. And however that form may be email, text, you know, a video chat, whatever it is. Um, don't be shy. Absolutely. And if you don't if you have guys, anyone in your area, you can reach out to somebody on social. Yeah. Or reach out to us. We'll do our best to answer and discuss things with, uh, with whoever reaches out to us. But if you have no one in your area, reach out to us and maybe we can find someone in your area that, you guys might be able to hook up with, or we can have those chats and discussions um, with us if we have the time to do so. So don't be shy that way. Awesome. Um, Well, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, As we mentioned at the start, if you have any questions, give us a shout at Instagram or Facebook. Otherwise, you guys have a good day and enjoy your networking and development. Thank you. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening.